The Metaphysical Connection is brought to you by our sponsors, the Trinity Whip Company, handcrafted whips by Blake Brunning. Incredible form as well as function. TrinityWhipCo.com. We are also brought to you by Chester Cordite, modern vintage menswear inspired by the golden age of the 1930s and 40s. ChesterCordite.com. Landron Artifacts is the place to go for your amazing wall reliefs that were inspired by set designs for motion pictures such as Raiders of the Lost Ark, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Aliens, and of course, the originals created by the Aztecs, Mayans, and Olmecs. Add ancient mystery and intrigue with his products by going to LandronArtifacts.com. Don't forget the friends of our show, Recreating History and Penman Hats. You can find out more about our sponsors and the Metaphysical Connection by going to our homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com, or join our group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Metaphysical Connection. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is the Metaphysical Connection, episode 66, The Matrix, and I'm your host, Eric Reiner King Fisk. On this special episode, Walt Schnabel and I discuss the news of the week, including the most recent end of the world prophecies. In part two of the show, we discuss theories behind our own reality. Is life just a dream? A mere program run in a computer that exists on a higher plane of existence? Are we mere beams of light? here on Earth to learn important lessons before evolving to a higher life form after our bodies die. All this and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Crawl over there. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you wish everybody had... Everybody had their own volume controls. You can turn certain people out. Well, like, you do. Like coworkers. You do. You just don't choose to use it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a topic of our, our conversation today, I think. Or part of it, anyway. Part of it. So, right. we want to start off, the, um, I'll start off the week with news of the week in the realm of the paranormal here. Right. And it's been, it's been like, what, two weeks since you and I sat down and actually talked? Yeah. We, we talked on the phone a little bit. Yeah, we talked, yeah. Walt and I, Walt and I talk on the phone, like well, at least maybe once or twice a week, on the phone talking about the the show and things that we're going to do, and stuff like this. So, Walt, did you understand that um, uh, David Mead, who is uh, according to the Washington Post, he is the self described specialist in research and investigation, and he has made a ton of dough telling folks that the world is really going to end September twenty third. No, I didn't. I haven't heard. Oh, you haven't heard? Not heard that. It's all over the news. It's all. It's all over the Facebook, Twitter. Oh, I'm. I. I'm not. Well, I'm on Facebook, but you know, I don't. Yeah. Dwell on it. You're just kind of browse it. You're. You're a really smart guy. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time on there. Yeah. So, just to me, there's some important stuff on there, but a lot of it's just kind of nonsense. But I would have thought that since you are so big on the Anunnaki. And Nibiru. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. 
ring that bell. Um, you would have like been all over that because apparently how's Nib- it tied in with the Anunnaki? N- Nibiru is going to pop up out of nowhere wow. on the twenty third, and, and nobody knows. It, the scientists don't know. The scientists about it. don't know about it. I find that a little hard to believe. Neil deGrasse Tyson doesn't know anything about it. Hard to believe. No, yeah. Yeah, so nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything Planets about it. Planets generally, unless it has some kind of cloaking device. Exactly. Generally doesn't just pop Yeah, up. yeah. So. Reminds me of an episode of Doctor Who. Do you want to move your chair over just a skosh? Is that, is that so. what that noise is? That yeah. Noise? Yeah, there you go. Okay. The, yeah, the boing. <laughs> doing. Um, yeah, no. Um, Nibiru is going to just appear instantly. And, and apparently the Earth is going to, and the Moon are going to fall into orbit around it or something, or it's going to disrupt everything. One of the reasons why we're having all the hurricanes and the earthquakes is because because of Nibiru. Nibiru was on the way. Uh, I, I, I thought climate change might have something to do with it. Well, hey, who knows? Maybe climate change is bringing on the onset of, of early it's Nibiru. Attracting Nibiru? Is it, I don't even... I think Nibiru has like a 26,000 year cycle. You probably, so yeah. Or is it 26,000? Yeah, I know it's got a long term cycle. It does. Supposedly makes, it makes a path. And it's, right. It's actually part of our solar system, but it's got a, like a huge elliptical orbit. Right. Um, That's another thing I wanted to get. So I don't know. I'd have to look and see if that was part of it. Yeah. I don't think, it was, I don't think it's even scheduled to come back for quite a while yet. So. We got a little, a little while. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we'll be long gone by the time it shows up again. Hopefully, yeah. It doesn't usually do good things when it comes around. It's not. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. So that that's big news. So if the if the world is going to end on the twenty third, which is like what a Sunday. Mm, today is what the twentieth, right? Today is the twenty first. Oh, today is the twenty first. Yes. No, it'd be Saturday, right? Yeah. It helps to have a calendar. Yeah, I know. I think today's the twentieth, actually, but I could be wrong. Doesn't matter. Doesn't no. matter. It's oh, not going to happen. Oh, anyway. I'm sorry. The twenty fifth <laughs> on Saturday, September twenty third. This is according to the Washington Post. So they're an authority on this. Um, a sign. Um, on Saturday, September twenty third, a constellation, a sign prophesied, prophesied in the Book of Revelation. Will it reveal itself over the skies over Jerusalem, signaling the beginning of the end of the world as we know it? Mead believes that by the end of October, the world may enter what is called a seven-year tribulation period. So oh, it's like the seven-year itch. This is this is like that right out of the Book of Revelations. I'm sorry. I here's my problem. I'm mixing two different <laughs> prophecies about the end of the world ending. <laughs> It's it's like a hybrid. <laughs> so there's there's two there's two lines of thinking that two people saying the world's going to end on a different day. Well, one's on the twenty third, one's on the twenty fifth. So you know, I, you know, these people do this all the time. It never happens. Yeah. I, mean, just, I don't know why people even put me stopping. There, I mean, I don't. There's a guy. There's a guy out there who has a TV show, and as far as I know, the TV show has been on for twenty. 25 years and his whole shtick is demonstrating like proving how <laughs> we are entering the end times with the with the book of revelations and all like that and the thing is that it was just like, like the 700 club or something? some I, I think so it's yeah. on one it's on one of those networks yeah. and you would think that listen 
if you keep talking about how the world is going to end soon, it, for your sake, not for mine, it better happen. Or you, or well, you, have, you would no, think after 25 years, people would start to say, well, maybe this guy's full of shit. Yeah. You know? I, I would. You know, right. I, I'd do it after 25 minutes, probably. Right. 25 seconds, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, how do people get away with that? That's well, what here's and, something. And why do people keep tuning into that and giving it credibility, I guess? Well, this, that's my question. Because, I mean, you remember how what in 2012 we were supposed to have on the day of the winter solstice in 2012. It was it was in December. The world was supposed to end. Right. Because the the earth and the sun were going to line up together with the center of the, uh, of the galaxy and it was supposed to wipe everything out right and and who said that who i mean who uh, i know it was based on the mayan calendar right. apparently but the mayan calendar just came to an end that doesn't right and it started and then a the new interpretation cycle. for that was that the world was going to end sure. well, the mayans never said that they just stopped making calendars at that point what, yeah. what i think they were saying was that the world is going to enter a new phase. Right. Which uh, I think we have. A new cycle. Right. But it wasn't going to be some big calamity. It was going to be... A, um, David Icke talks about this, and we're, I'm going to reference him later on in the show when, right. when we start talking about our topic du jour. Yeah. But And he makes a good point that things are changing, but it's, it's a gradual change. He calls it right. a quickening. Yes. And, and it's based upon vibration. There's yep. a change in the vibration of the world. Right. And and hence a change in the vibration of humanity. Right. But it's it's a very gradual thing. It's not here we are two thousand and seventeen and you know, five years hence there there doesn't seem to be any real apparent change. I think that well, no, I I don't agree with that. I think that there is there is a definite definite change in, in what sense well i mean in the realm of, of of social movements and politics here in the united states at least and maybe i've seen this in the rest of the world there is a strict polarization going on mm-hmm. you're either on one side and you're good or evil or you're on the other side and you're good and evil especially here in the united states with with politics the way they are you're on one side or the other and these two extremes, people are sort of like moving towards the extremes, but these two extremes yeah, seem to be more at odds to each other. polarizing, sort of. Um, but. And the news media, the news media is definitely, they're out of the closet now. They are definitely, <laughs> I mean, that's not, a, that's not a, 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 I'm not cracking wise about Rachel Maddow, but the thing is, is that now they're blatant about it. Now that their bias is out in the open, they're not afraid to come out and say, this is who I am, like Lawrence O'Donnell had said, um, a couple of years ago, he's a socialist. He came right out and he said that he's a socialist. Um, Rachel Maddow, you you know what side of the political aisle he's on. Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly until he got fired. Uh, Laura Ingram, Rush yeah, but, Le- but, but but all those things are really just minutia. You think so? In the long run, I do. I think the real issue is what vibrational level we're, we're operating on yeah and and i think those types of things are all um implants yeah okay to to hold down our vibrational level yeah which which is really the key to us liberating ourselves i would have to say that as as part of the quickening is that things are becoming much more polarized not 
you're on one side or the other, as I said earlier. I, th- that's, that's what the, I think. Maybe that's the first stage. Of I it, think that. that's the. I think that yeah. that is a part of it. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of confusion, maybe. Yes. Before things become ironed out or more, more, more settled, maybe, right, or something. Right. Know? More, more in harmony, I guess, is the best way to put it. I think another question that I want to ask you, and I think that we've addressed this before: Why is it that people love? talking about the end of the world how come people love talking about the apocalypse or revelations and they want it to happen that's the scary thing is that people want well because they think they have some kind of special seat at the table i think they think because they're whatever you fill the blank in yeah um that they're going to be special when that happens they're going to be picked out because they've chosen a certain path that they happen to right to take and you know they're delusional. I yeah, you know, it's, but it's just it just makes them feel special. Yeah, I've I've noticed that a lot of people who really buy into these apocalyptic theories or or prophecies that are mm-hmm. going to happen tomorrow. It's as if the thing is is that they do have some sort of like vested interest. I remember some a specific family in Vermont had had said that well. When Jesus comes back, he's going to anoint us as leaders of this region. So you might as well get used to it now and submit to our authority. Right, there now. you go. I mean, that's a perfect example. It's given them a, a, a leg up on everybody yeah. else. You know, they're going to be the regional representatives for whatever this new movement is. Well, let's or, stop or, or whatever. I mean, come on. But the, really? do you really do you really think that Jesus is going to put these people in charge no. when their lives no. are such a mess no. now? No, absolutely not. There. That isn't even in keeping with if, if in fact, Jesus is going to come back, which, you know, that's probably up for grabs, but it's totally out of sync with his philosophy yeah. of, of what he, at least what we can kind of glean from his philosophy, what, which that whatever shred is left over from whatever he really was saying after it got right. bastardized right. by the different religions and you really think that Jesus is going to say, my faithful servants, all of you who have been faithful and true to me in the past couple of years, I'm going to let you fuck over and screw no. over the people who no. bullied you no. up until now? No. I, I don't think so. No, it's, it's ridiculous. No. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, um, so yeah, I do think there's something happening. What, what, the point I was trying to make is I, think, I don't think a lot of people have have an awareness of, yeah. of what's going on. I think they just kind of go day to day and they don't understand that there's some kind of vibrational change happening. Right. Uh, because it's it's really fairly subtle, I think. It's not mm-hmm. a huge... Um, people thought 2012, you know, was going to bring some kind of cataclysm or something or, you know, and it didn't because that's yeah. really not what the intention of it was. Because it's, it's a new age. It's a, it's the beginning of a new age. Because every time I turn around, there's somebody who is, says, next month, it's going to be next month, and then that date happens, and it's, oh, well, wait, oh I, I got my calculations wrong, next month, next month. And the, and it was just like, it's it's ridiculous. And it, at what point are you going to stop listening to these people who and, say... And just say it's nonsense. You know, yeah. It's, but it always seems like the same people buy into this crap. Because they're set up for it. You know, they're, uh, yeah. They're, they're kind of programmed for that, I think, is what it comes down to. Absolutely. You know? So um, what else do we want to talk about? Well, I wanted to also share with you, yesterday I heard on the BBC and NPR 
um, they actually successfully hacked um, genes of human embryo and to test and see if whether or not they can manipulate it to make sure that it's a it's a perfectly healthy baby. My question is, what do you what's your definition of perfectly healthy? Who's making that definition? Mm. And is that going to lead to cosmetic babies where, where you're, you know, mom and dad are going to go to the fertility store and say, well, you know, I really want him to have my grandfather's eyes, but I want your nose. And so they're designer babies. I want, and I want him to have a higher IQ than, than my mother-in-law, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, that's dangerous, I think. That's, you know, we're then really messing with nature too much, I think, you know. I think if they could do that and eliminate certain genetic diseases and things like that. Sure. To me, that's that's constructive, I, th I think, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, well, although, you know, there is, there is the whole thing of natural um, selection. Sort of, sure, you know, sure. Uh, I mean, babies that are that are really that are born really unhealthy tend to not live very long. No, which you know, that's sad for the family, but it is nature's way of sort of calling the herd. You know. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not true <laughs> for in, in a lot of cases that right. some people maybe survive that shouldn't or or whatever. You know, but um, when you start messing with um, selection on that level. Right. I, I think it gets really dicey as to where that goes. We're talking eugenics. Yeah. Eventually, well, we're talking about yeah. eugenics. Yeah. And who's to say that one thing is better than another? Who's to say that blue eyes are better than brown eyes? Or, what would, or, or black hair is not as good as blonde hair or either way, you know, whatever the, what, whatever the characteristic what is. What would stop a family somewhere in, let's just say Germany, for whatever reason, say we want our well, child. Why would you pick Germany, I want my child to be, I want my male child to be at least six foot tall with blonde hair, blue eyes, muscle bound. And have a little mustache. And a, yeah, a little mustache. What's what's to stop people from doing that? Because, I mean, this... If, if the technology's there, probably nothing. I mean, it's unethical, but that usually yeah. doesn't stop people from... I mean, that's what the Germans were doing. That's exactly what they were doing. But they, that was a selective breeding program. If, right. you, if you were a woman with blonde hair, blue eyes, and you were in reasonably good shape, you should be knocking out kids left and right. That's what they thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, you know, that, that was their intention, was to create right. a master race. Um, you know, there's a lot of dangers in that. And, and, and what would stop a parent from going even further, saying, I, I want my kid to have feathers on his head like a parrot or something like that, well, or like I a mean, monkey's tail or something? Extreme there. Well, it's inevitable, isn't it? Well, is, it is that well, not inevitable? How many people would want to have their kid with a monkey tail? Crazy freaking people. Well, and and you maybe, know, you know, there are crazy people out there who do the do some of well, the worst things to their kids. I realize that, but um, I, I think the real point is that when science becomes um, invasive into the natural process and, and natural laws, that's when it's gone over the edge. When, it, when it's not really doing productive things. It's, Couple, it's doing things for ego reasons. Or, but or whatever, I, I suspect that a lot of people are going to say that the way that we're going to pay for doing this kind of research is and pay for fixing kids with horrible birth defects is that mm -hmm. we're going to allow people to pay to genetically modify their kids for cosmetic reasons. I, I can see something like that happening.
Yeah, I, I think it's likely. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea necessarily. No, it's you know if people have enough money, they can pretty much pay for whatever they want. Yeah, you know, and messing with nature usually has um, negative effects. It has some, serious consequences, right? and I think that's what they were doing in Atlantis. Truthfully, going yeah. back that far. Yeah, I think they were they were they had a breeding program to to try to create certain types of humans for certain types of jobs. Yeah. Um, and it was all part of a, a, a process that went really bad for them. Winnemuck. Yeah. It, it did. It did. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. I, I think there's probably laws in place against that. But We hope. Well, it doesn't mean that there isn't some rogue doctor somewhere that's going to you know, set up a shop in somewhere right. where we can get away with it. And right. So you go to, I don't know, Costa Rica or somewhere and yeah. go to this guy and for a mere um, $2.5 million, you can have your child genetically altered. Or you could just have to, your to child get, become a clone of you, get as what, it were. Well, that's, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, and, then we're, and then we could get to the point where it's like we're taking... You know, parts of what, with this person's genome and this person's genome and this person's genome and this person's genome and Dr. Frankenstein will create a baby just for you. Right, and that, that brings up another whole issue. Um, what about at a soul level? How, how does that, you know, how does that impact the soul? Yeah. The, you know, that, that from, from my understanding and my reading and my belief system that, you know, you have an entity or an energy that, reincarnates into a yeah. body and how does it affect that whole thing yeah you know? um, because there's a reason why <clears throat> certain souls incarnate into certain bodies yeah <clears throat> excuse me apparently yeah so you know how's that whole thing affected i i don't know it, yeah. it's yeah that's a, that's, that's a big almost philosophical issue you know theology even yeah yeah I yeah. Guess, depending on how you look at it. Another a lot of theologies disavow the concept of reincarnation. So right. That probably wouldn't be a problem for them. Another news item that came across the desk here is that scientists believe that our galaxy is probably populated um, uh, with sentient robots that have been created by people like us mm -hmm. I agree millennia with that. I ago. Agree with that. I think that's what the greys are. Yes. Actually. Um, I think they've been created as sort of a race of beings that are sort of biological robots sure. in some sense. They, they were created for a purpose. Or you know, androids. Space travel. Or androids. Well, I, I, think, I think there are more... I think the androids are pretty much mostly machine, right? They, but they're made to look. Uh, yeah. An android is... is is a human construct that is made to look almost or just like a human being. Mm -hmm. Like replicants, which is another thing that I wanted to talk to you about. You know, replicants is a perfect example of biological machines that look just like us. They look and feel and act just like us, mm -hmm. and but they're made for a certain purpose. That was the concept of, uh, in Blade Runner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think that that's a very interesting thought and idea. Whereas the universe may be populated with with sentient machines. Yeah, I think that's I think there's a good likelihood of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think some of these races that have 
you know, been uh, around much longer than the human race, their technology is much more advanced than ours. Right. So they, it seems logical that they would create, think, you know, creatures or beings that would do yeah. what they don't want to do. Right. Which is, you know, it's an interesting concept. Which, which, <clears throat> believe And are we going to get there eventually? Yeah, I think and we're are getting. Are we approaching well, that? I think we're we're approaching because we were talking about a and couple. No, DARPA is working in yeah. that direction for <clears throat> for military purposes. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we were actually talking about this in a previous show about some uh, something along those lines of of machines having some sort of form of consciousness, and there was a I cannot if, if it was Elon Musk who was talking about a. Uh, um, an experiment they did where it's like they took these machines with artificial intelligence within 30 seconds they developed their own language <laughs> that we couldn't understand yeah. and we yeah, well, and cool. they sh- and they shut that down right pretty scary, quick yeah. you know um, and believe it or not that actually brings me to Cassini um, oh Eric you, you won't let that go. let that poor thing die will you you keep bringing it out of its you keep keep it from Resting in peace. I'm, I'm sad that it's 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 gone. You, you have an unnatural attachment to that thing, Eric. I'm sorry, I posted that on Facebook. I, I, I couldn't help myself. It's it's like you just can't let that thing go. What's with that? What? I just think the idea of, of we built something of, with some intelligence, not a lot, you know, just enough. We we send it out in, in with extra instructions to go and explore a part of our solar system. And it did. And it did it, a fen- it did what it was programmed to do, it, and then it and, and then and then some. It was a phenomenal. It was a little nice. space. Yeah, that's nice. It was a space probe that could, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't get your attachment to it. That's the thing. I'm, I'm wondering about that. What, what's that rooted in? What's, what's the psych- psychological attachment well, you have to that? Thing? I, I look at the, I look at Cassini. I think of R two D two and BB eight and all of my other favorite droids and robots when I was a kid. You know, and I think that we should bring it back home and give it some milk and cookies. Good job, robot. Well, I, I think good, you should good have job, some robot. Kind of, you, you should have get your family together and have some kind of little ceremony for it. You know, like a little wake, like a <laughs> yeah. wake, and, yeah. and then be done with it. Eric. It's like you, know, of, you have to move on eventually. One of my favorite movies from the past couple of years was Wall-E. I don't have any. Un- I I I don't understand. I I know this about myself. There's something about there's something about cute robots that are just. They, they perform tasks and they do a great job. There's just something about robots that are just, I, I just like them. I'm sorry. No, it, it, you know, you don't have to be sorry. I'm just saying that at some point you, you got to let it go. You know, yeah. You know, it's like trying, Probably. To hold, trying to hold on to a family member that's died. You know, you just, you keep them too close to this. I'm I'm all, I'm almost just as sad as as seeing Cassini pass away than than you know than I how I how I feel about my dad you know passing away. Well, I can understand that. You know, so, so but the thing is, is that it's like, are we? This is the reason why I brought up Cassini, though, because the thing is, is we're going to start sending machines with sentience out into space. You know, what are the ramifications of that if we send out? A higher thinking machine. Well, there's a Star has, Trek episode about that. Yeah. Remember the um, V'ger? Right. Yeah. Um, which, it's an interesting concept, I think. You know, what if that somehow taints 
the universe in some right. sense. You know, is that you know is that ethically okay? Right. I, they destroyed Cassini, didn't they? They blew it up or something. No, they just sent it into they, you know they, a fiery. They cooked it. They, yeah, they sent you know. To, yeah. I thought they I thought they exploded it for some reason. No, they sent they 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 sent it into the atmosphere of Saturn. Mm-hmm. Well, it's looking out the window right now, which reminds me of well, a because story. I can see a flame. Oh yeah, like I, I, I have a scented candle to. No, but it's showing up outside. Yeah. So it looks like your flowers. One of your flowers is on fire. But, are you, are which you is sh- unusual. Are you sure that's not? Well, that's illusion. I, that's you, what's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Are you sure that that's it's not a metaphor? Is that? Are you sure that's not Jehovah sending you a message <laughs> with the burning bush? I, I don't think so. Is, is that how? If going to send it, he wouldn't send it to me. Is that how Moses did it with <laughs> with mirrors and? <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> Oh, we're going for it's that. a little magic trick. <laughs> we're going to hell for that one, boy. No, no. no, no. All right. So, be, so the thing is, is that, uh, and, and another thing. Uh, just the thing is, Eric, if you roll your sleeves up, uh-huh. and I see a Cassini tattoo on your arm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend a new therapist. For you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Right next, right next to mother. <laughs> I'm not talking about your mother. I'm talking about. Mother from uh, alien, the alien mother. <laughs> so, so uh, I, the thought had never occurred to me to do that, Walt, until now. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> now you gave me that idea. Sorry. I implanted you with that. <laughs> so uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. One thing I'll leave until the last um, thing we're, before we move on to the next, our main segment. Um, I was I was watching Stephen Stephen Bassett last night on yeah. uh, Beyond Belief, George Norrie's show, and yes, uh, and he was talking about disclosure. Now he's been working on disclosure for a really long time, right? And and he feels that we're getting within um, a, a very very small margin of space where disclosure is going to happen. Um, and and he he gave a couple really valid reasons as to why it hasn't happened yet. Um, the very initial part was when we in, in 1947 when Roswell happened and right. all those things started happening. Um, we were we were right at the beginning of the Cold War, yeah. where there was a lot of fear about the Russians having nuclear yes. weapons and blah blah blah, and the people um, in charge who knew about this who knew about Roswell and and the alien presence and all that stuff, um, didn't feel like that was something that they could manage along with the Cold War. Right. Okay, so that that whole mindset went on to, uh, for 44 years. Yeah. As long as the Cold War lasted. And it it became um, what what he calls institutionalized in in that level of government. Yeah. That became something that was just not talked about not divulged yeah. except at a certain level <clears throat> excuse me and then after the cold war ended um it became uh, more of like well we've been concealing this so long we can't divulge it now right so it's like a cover-up of the cover-up sort of like when you keep a secret for far too long right, right. the keeping of the secret the is expl- far- there's no way to explain why right. you didn't let the cat right. in the bag uh, really, right, and <clears throat> as a result of that, a lot of the technologies that we could have used or could be using have been put 
on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. You know, energy yeah. technology. Yes. We've talked about this before. But what that's doing is really holding back the human race, in, in essence. So he, he says that he believes that Hillary Clinton would have had the intention of being the disclosure president, not only the first female president, but also the disclosure president. Yeah. <clears throat> and as, as we know, that, that that did not come to pass. No, really? So the, the reason behind it was that she, she's been working on this issue for a long time. She was involved with Lawrence Rockefeller when he was trying yeah. to get the government. To, she went and stayed at his ranch. And, yeah. Um, you know, they talked about UFOs and alien presence and all that kinds of stuff. So she was really, her and John Podesta were dead set on that being yeah. you know, one of the one of the initiatives yes. that she was going to uh, undertake. So as we know, that didn't work out. But um, he, he also says that he felt that H.W. Bush was going to be the disclosure president. Yeah. Because he had all the pieces. He had, you know, he had been the CIA director. He had that chip. Yeah. And um, he was a military guy at one time. Yeah. So he had all the pieces for it. Um, and he was going to do it in a second term. However, <laughs> he didn't get a second term. No. So he got kind of shortchanged on that one, you know, for better or for worse. So we got Clinton, who who tried to go there, <clears throat> and he was stonewalled by the yeah. all the he he had none of the pieces that H W had. He had no military piece. He had no intelligence agency piece. Right. So they stonewalled him. Yes. <clears throat> and the same thing has been true of every... By the way, do you, do you want a glass of water? No, I'm, I've got just a little throat congestion today. For okay. My e- be allergy, I think. But, but, but the thing <clears throat> is, is that my whole issue with Bill Clinton is that from everything that I've read about Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton actually did not really sort of... He had... He could run a great campaign and he could run... Um, get people wrapped up in the idea of a, of a movement of a, you know, like, like a lot, a lot like what Obama did, Bill Clinton sort of did it first with the whole, yeah. he, he created like a, a, um, a pop culture event he, around. He understood politics. He understood yeah. what, what it takes to get elected. <clears throat> and in some level, that's what Trump did really. Yeah. In, in some sense. I don't want to get too much into the political part of it, but I, but I think Clinton knocked on the door yeah. And they said, <clears throat> sorry, you're not getting in. Yeah. You, you don't have the right key. And nothing he could do. They stole right. them. And I think Obama may have tried to, but same thing. Didn't, yeah. didn't have the right pieces. Didn't have the, whoops, darn. Didn't have the right um, set of cards I don't you know, think it, to get in. Um, so his, his spin on this is that there are a number of people, uh, prominent people, who who know about the alien presence on Earth. Right. <clears throat> and some of those people include Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, George Lucas. Absolutely. Um, all of those people who are very prominent in Hollywood. Um, James Cameron is yeah. another one. He's yeah. a 33rd degree Mason, by the way. Yep. Just as a sidelight. Um, they all know this, but they've all been told, don't go there. You know, good, bad things are going to happen if you go there. So they've been sort of letting this out in a, in a kind of, it's called predictive programming yep. where you, 
Uh, by the way, I'm going to blow your mind later, Eric. At, okay. le- at least once. Okay. Maybe, maybe twice today. Right. Hopefully. You might. You might. I, I like to do it at least once a show. Yeah. Um, so these people are all aware of this, but they're unwilling to actually come out and say, yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Supposedly Spielberg has, has seen alien bodies and you know, yes. the, the wreckage and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. But Bassett says that the way he thinks it's going to happen is that it's going to be he's he's got a pretty pretty defined time frame for this not not like the end of the world time frame right. but he, he says he thinks the best time for it to happen would be on a Friday night at nine o'clock because everybody's done with their work week yeah They're all kind of you know set up for to be a little more relaxed maybe a little sure. more open nine o'clock everybody on the east west coast will be out of work by then. And the president, whoever that might be, whether it's Trump or somebody moving forward, who knows, whenever this happens, will come on to like a special, one of those things where they come in, you yep. know, like a special announcement or whatever, breaking news or whatever you want to right. call it, and, and, and make an announcement that the American public was going to be hearing a message that was of, of extreme importance. The, the presidential figure is not actually going to say the words. Right. Um, and then they'll cut to this panel of people who are actually going to bring it, right. bring it out to the... So that's his his thinking on it anyway. And now what's his name again? Stephen Bassett. Stephen Bassett. He's the guy that um, created that big conference in Washington, D.C. Right. Um, that... All these people from all over the, I guess, all over the world, maybe, came and talked about disclosure and yeah. their experiences, and it was a huge conference, and it didn't seem to gain any traction. There, it was, it was preempted by some big event. Nine eleven, just something like nine eleven. Something like nine eleven. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what exactly. I have to look back on that, but it was something that diminished its right, the, its headline potential. I right. Guess is what it is. There's so, so many other really things. Because I mean, spin on the whole thing. there's a lot of things that happen, especially with controversies out in out in the public, coming out of Washington or anywhere else in the capitals of the world. It seems like we're building towards something, and then all of a sudden, a huge incident happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there was some there was something about the whole Chandra Levy thing. And uh, Gary Condit, I think, was was the name. Chandra Levy was this yeah, intern she was, who up she was his aide, and she disappeared. She disappeared, and she they found dead. they found her dead body. Yeah. And, and there was a part there was a part of this where I felt as if that we, as the American public, were starting to sort of look at the hierarchy and the oligarchs here in the United States and the way that they treat underlings and stuff like that. I felt like we were at the point where we were about to crack. And really start to seriously crack down on um, on leaders in our country, whether they're senators, congressmen, presidents. Because, I mean, the thing is, is that the whole Chandra Levy thing was like a step above and beyond um, Monica Lewinsky. Whereas you had an intern well, she didn't who get was killed. She didn't get killed. But the thing is that there is she wasn't probably threatened. But but the thing <clears> is that there is this notion of here's the the hot way up here is the hierarchy and the oligarchy and and everybody else is down here. And it's like it seems well, like my intention. Right. That's my intention. And it was just like everybody who was down here at our level. We are all disposable. 
Yeah, I think there's very few people in Washington who really care about the people they represent. Yeah. They care about their own interests, basically. I, That's the whole problem with the system, really. I seriously do they not care about the people I, they I don't care. I don't care who's in office right now. I highly doubt. I'll take our senators and congressmen as an example. I, I don't think that they're they... They're all rich, number one, for one. You, I don't, you don't get to be a politician unless you're rich. How can, you, access to how can you actually give a, sh- a damn about the people who actually work for a living? They make somewhere between $10, $11, $12 an hour, and they struggle to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Some, some of them are even working two or three jobs. Well, you the, the quick answer is they don't. Well, you, well, people. these politicians are wearing, like, especially the women, they're wearing these twelve thousand um, uh, dollar gowns. Power gowns. Suits. They're going to at night. They go to these these gala fundraisings for, and it's a hundred and it's it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a plate. You know, with yeah. You know, with so, Jimmy Buffett, is that a surprise to anybody? How, how can you how can you believe that they actually care about somebody like they that? Know. When they're, when it's they're, a short answer, they don't, and they're living in opulence. Well, it's because they see themselves as being separate, some kind of almost like royalty and in some good, sense. And we're trusting that those people with that they're endowed by some something, some power that has raised them above everybody. Right. Else. You know, that, that's their line of thinking. Right. That's not that's not news. Though. That's that's something that's been going on. But the, and, and but this gets the only thing that's going to break that is when people start getting elected that don't have that mindset. But, but when that's going to happen, I don't know. The reason why I think that with this mindset, I think that disclosure is almost impossible unless something happens like <laughs> Labor Day weekend when giant flying saucer lands and parks itself on the top well, of Devil Tower. And yeah, I I wonder about his his. Scenario. I'm not sure that it's going to come from the president or anybody really in in politics. It may. There, there was a there was a guy that he referenced, and um, unfortunately, I can't bring up his name. His name is Robert. You were going to Google that or something, but anyway, you can you can throw that in. Okay. Um, he's he made a bunch of money in the aerospace industry. Okay. He's he's a billionaire, and he is the guy that is working with NASA to create these um, inflatable space stations that are um, going to be sort of like, I guess, travel destinations for, for tourists and things like that. Um, <clears throat> is it McMahon? Bigelow? Robert, are Mc- you talking about Big, Bigelow? Big, Bigelow. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy yeah, who also, guy. the guy who allegedly also bought um, Skywalker Ranch or Skinwalker Ranch. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I didn't put those two things together. You were right. Yeah, yeah. You are you as a good connection, Eric. I yeah. didn't I didn't put that together. See, that's one of the um, so anyway, he was on sixty minutes, apparently, about in May sometime. And talking about, you know, different aspects of his space stations and that kind of stuff. And he came out and actually said to the person he was, he was interviewing him that there is an alien presence on Earth. Can you hold on a second? Because I'm going to try and play the clip and see. Well, you can you can put it in, can't you? You okay. can infuse I'm, it. I'm at, hold on. I'm, I want to see if the... This is it. This is the clip. Which wasn't lightning fast. But on this canyon road just outside Las Vegas, Robert Bigelow's story takes a turn that some may find... To put it lightly, improbable. He told us this is where his grandparents had a close encounter with a UFO. It really sped up, 
and came right into their face and filled up the entire windshield of the car. And it took off at a, at a right angle and shot off into the distance. That story sparked his obsession like yeah. and explains the alien looking out from the side of Bigelow Aerospace. It made for the kind of conversation you don't ordinarily have with an accomplished CEO. <laughs> That's a little over the top. Do you believe in aliens? I'm absolutely convinced. That's all there is to it. Do you also believe that UFOs have come to Earth? There has been and is an existing presence, uh, an ET presence. And I spent millions and millions. I probably spent more as an individual than anybody else in the United States has ever spent on this subject. Is it risky for you to say, you know, in public that you believe I don't in, in UFOs damn. and aliens? I don't care. You don't worry that some people will say, did you hear that guy? He sounds like he's crazy. I don't care. Why not? It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change reality of what I know. There you go. That's the interview that I was, that I was referencing. It's not Do done yet, though. Do you imagine that in our space travels we will encounter other forms of intelligent life? You don't have to go anywhere. You can find it here. Yeah. <laughs> Where exactly? It's just like right under people's noses. Oh my gosh. Wow. The FAA confirmed to us that for years, it referred reports of UFOs and other unexplained phenomena. We're gonna, I'm gonna play the rest of that clip um, later on in the show. Um, but yeah, no, Robert Bigelow is like, <laughs> I love yeah, I, that. I didn't, I didn't make that connection. I don't know why I should have. I, I, love, I love the so way we talked about the Skinwalker Ranch, you know, I many, love, many episodes back. But but I love the way how he I mean, said, I don't care. Yeah, well, he's, I don't he care. Doesn't. He, he's convinced that what he's saying is right. That's the attitude you know, that we should have. Well, I don't care. What are they going to do to him? You know, he's he's in tight with NASA, apparently. So Robert Bigelow has the attitude where he has more than enough money, whereas there's nothing you can do to him now. He, I mean, because he, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's a billionaire. He's he's, yeah. he's wrapped up in aerospace that they they and and this and the space program. They're not going to say you're a kook, you're crazy. We don't want to do business well, anymore. For my money, that makes him a hero because apparently, I mean, you can't tell me that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas don't have enough money, right? Um, you know, I don't know what they threaten them with. Maybe not being able to make movies anymore or something. I, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But, but this guy is like, yeah, he's totally like, I don't care. You know, right. I'm saying it. I'm going to say you, it. What do you, I yeah. mean. What are you going to do to me? Because he's so entrenched. That's a good place to be. It's like the catbird seat. It's a good yeah. place to be. Yeah. yeah. That's probably <clears throat> the definition of what the catbird seat sort of, is. sort of untouchable. You yeah. Know, in, some, in some sense. He's insulated by. Right. <clears throat> and maybe it's not even just money, but he, he's gotten to the point where he's not, he's got, I guess it's based in money but uh, he he's not ego driven like you know he's not afraid to have his ego damaged by somebody saying he's crazy oh or, no i or, think it's the whatever, exact opposite know? the thing is i think he has no no ego or pride to bruise because the thing is is that you no, know that's what i'm saying it's not ego driven no it's it's it's, it's it, exactly not it's exactly the opposite it's fact and truth driven yeah that's that's why i think it's a heroic thing to do it's an you know? it's amazing right either so. that or he's stone cold crazy one of the two but like we just played, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't sound like it. He doesn't seem to be. I really, I really don't uh, think. I, I wonder what the whole Skinwalker Ranch thing tie, is tied into with that. Well, so the thing is, is that there's um, 
all sorts of portals there. It's like there, I'm not there's the portal there in the right. southwest, right. and it's a natural portal. I think. Right, I don't think it's a, a man-made one, which is another whole thing. It's but another whole topic. But if but. you and and it's a topic that we had approached. But one of the things that I, I want to before we move on to, well, I, I want to talk about one more thing before we one more on. thing before our break. Okay. Uh, Good Morning America the other day, they had the CEO from Apple come on. Right. And they, they've they just brought out a new phase of the iPhone, I guess. Yes. Um, it's called AR. Okay. Augmented Reality. Yes. Did, did you hear about that? I did see that. Um, which to me is quite interesting given, and this is going to be a good segue into what we're going to talk about today right. in our second right. segment. Um what what that for you know? I'm not really sure how that works. Um, Augmented reality. Yeah, I mean I understand what it is. Right. I just don't quite know how they do it. But essentially, for the, for the listeners um, who hadn't seen that segment or whatever, what it, what it is is taking your iPhone. Yes. Which is you know I guess you could say reality. Which I have on, which I have on my desk <clears throat> right now. Okay. And you have the ability to augment that reality. Yes with um whatever you want to add to it after the break i'll i i will so, show so I, it's kind of like if you um let's say eric's going to get new living room furniture right right and he's gonna he's gonna get it from bob's hell no hell <laughs> i'm just no. kidding I, I, I knew i'd get that reaction <laughs> not after so, so eric can go to bob's showroom virtually right and after he gets one of Bob's free virtual cookies and ice cream. Right. He can he can go around the showroom and he can right. pick out a living room set. Right. Say, and he can take a picture of his actual living room. Right. And he can put that furniture into his living room. Right. And augment the reality of his living room yes. with that living room set and see how it looks. Yeah, that's great. Which on the surface I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's I think that's kind of a good use it of is. technology. It that really way is. you don't go go to Bob's, buy the furniture, bring it home, set it up, and and looks right. like crap. Right. You know? So yeah, okay. You can go to a virtual car showroom. Sure. And sit in a in a new Honda or a new whatever yeah. you want to look at. I mean, I, I to me, I think it. You know. Just go to the car dealership and sit in the car. I mean, that's not, sure, not sure. that huge of a deal. But I, I understand the pluses and pluses of it. But um, what I do think it's doing is it's pushing us more toward a virtual existence, a virtual reality, which which is what we're going to talk about today. Before the, um, before or after the break, because the thing is, is, I'm going to have to actually show you an example of augmented reality. No, I, I get on it. I understand. You don't have to show it to me. I understand what it is. Right. I just, I just don't understand how it works. I guess. Oh, it has everything to do with GPS and yeah, the I, I internal I, gyro. It's all stuff that I probably don't need to know. Right. You know? Right. Um, that's more your. That's the kind of stuff you yeah. have more interest in than right. I do. Um, <clears throat> would I do that? I probably wouldn't. But but what Apple's really doing is making that technology. This is not new technology, by the way. This no. is what they're doing with this new rollout is making that available to. To more people, yeah. So that people are now becoming more virtual, yeah. In some sense, I think, right. Which to me has some danger attached to it. I think. Yeah, it, it, I think it really does. Um, and we can get into that in the next segment. But yeah, I just wanted to use that as our kind of our segue. 
right set, um, to, to the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is the Matrix. We're going to talk. You're going to talk about the Matrix, and then I'm going to bring up something that I think is far just as interesting, if not interesting. You're not going to talk about the Matrix. It, no, no, no. But but I'm also going to introduce did you. Did you do your research? I, I sure did do my okay. research. It sounded, but, it sounded like you were hedging on the Matrix but, topic there a little but bit. But I'm but I'm also going to say that there are actually, for what I think you're going to talk about, there are actually there's an actual better example out there. Um, um, about the topic that you're talking about, and that's Dark City. Then the it's Dark City. Dark City is it, it's it's a it's actually a movie that was that was released before The Matrix, and it's, wow. and it's more The Matrix than The Matrix. Hmm. That's and, interesting. I have an interesting point about that too. Actually. Yeah, and there's also another movie, very much like it, called The Thirteenth Floor. Mm. Which is another very interesting movie, and it was they all, they actually dealt with you it. A movie called The Illusionists. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's something else we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna take a little break. I'm gonna make another pot of coffee, and and uh, and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Okay. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to strawberry. Nothing is real But nothing to get hung about Strawberry feels forever Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page. Well, honestly, I think that this may be one of our most important shows. And I know we've said that before. They just keep getting more and more. Well, I have a reason for that. I'll get into that later. But I I do think that this show could really have a lot of impact on people in a very important way. So I'll leave it at that for for right now. For for right now. And you're going to explain why later. I will. And if I, if I forget, remind me. I certainly will. <laughs> I know. Okay. So let's start talking about... Now, th- this is a very difficult concept to, to wrap your head around, I think. Okay. Uh, do you agree? Absolutely. And that being said, it makes it even more difficult to explain it. Right. So, you know, I found when I was teaching that if you didn't understand the subject fully, I had a difficult time teaching it. (laughs) So um, I always made it a point to try to understand what I was teaching as much as possible. Um, That explains everything that's wrong with education these days. (laughs) In a nutshell, there, there you go. There it is. How can you teach astronomy if you do not understand that the sun is only at the center of our solar system and not the center of our galaxy or universe? Yeah, that's that's difficult. Okay. I have to go to Galileo on that one. Uh, so we're going to talk about the matrix today. What? Now, 
we know we all know that there's a movie called The Matrix. Right. But what's the real premise of that movie? What is that movie based on? It's based on the fact that we are living or supposedly living in a hologram. Okay. Um, which is which is really a simulated reality. Yeah. Um, All of our brains are plugged into this giant hive mind. Sort of, yeah. Or I guess you could look at it. Now, the easiest way to think of it, I think, is a, is that it's a big sort of simulated computer program. Right. But I'm not sure that that really explains it. Okay. I think that's just our way of um, giving us some way to reference it or to a framework. Right. To, to, right. To look at the concept. Yep. Much like indigenous people would have looked at aliens coming down in spaceships and called sure. them birds. Or gods. Yeah, or gods. Right. So this is sort of our framework, although I'm going to talk about some interesting pieces that sort of make that idea of it being a computer program a little more, uh, make a little more sense. Maybe. Okay. Um, so the, the basic premise is that we are living in a reality that is kind of virtual. Okay. Um, and that we are interacting with that reality mm-hmm. all the time. Now, where did this reality come from? Nobody seems to have an answer for that. Um, the The big issue, I think, is that, and again, I, I'm going to reference David Icke because he's done a lot, a lot, a lot of work and research in this area. He's been he's been talking about this since 1990, mm-hmm. you know, which is a really long time. And and when he started out talking about this, people thought he was insane. That's almost 30 years. Yeah. And I've read some of his early books, and, and you know, he he does really make a good case for this. Yeah. Um, when, when you really look at what he's saying. And, right. And think about it. So the, the, the basic point is that we are energy beings, mm-hmm. right? And what we think of as our body is really just a vehicle. Okay. For us to interact with what we see as reality. Okay. So that when we incarnate, again, you have to sort of go with the concept of incarnation and reincarnation, or or maybe not, maybe maybe just one incarnation if you want to just look at it that way. Okay. So, as energy beings, we ex- we exist in another realm. Okay. Now you want to call that heaven? You can call it whatever you whatever terminology you want to put on it. Higher states of being. Yeah, it's a higher state of being. It's another dimension. And as energy beings, we need to learn lessons in order to move up, to to progress in our progression as souls. Okay. So that's that's why this reality exists. For it's like a it's almost like a school, and and it has to have material structure in order for us to come into it and interact with it okay um that's the clearest way i can put it does that is that making sense so far yeah so far so good okay Uh, just jump in here anytime no i'm with your thoughts okay i don't i don't want to be lecturing anybody okay 
Um, so as a result of that, this matrix or this hologram or whatever was created by some higher power, whatever that power is. Right. It's, it's the intelligence that, you know, some people call it the universe. Some people call it God. Some people call it, you know, higher intelligence. However you want to position it, it's it's a, a power that sort of has rule over existence. And, and this was created as a reality for energy beings to come into and learn the lessons that they need to learn. Right. Okay. Now, there's two schools of thought on this. And one, one of the schools of thought is, is, comes through in the, the movie, The Matrix, which we're, which we're going to get to. Yeah. And the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the overriding notion in that movie is that The Matrix has, is, is sort of an evil intention. Just to or, enslave people enslavement and use people right. as batteries. Right. Now, Ike's point of view, which I tend to agree with a little bit more than that, is that the matrix itself is is sort of neutral. Okay. It's just it just exists as a as a realm that we can incarnate into and interact with and, and do whatever it is we need to do. Mm-hmm. For that time, the time frame that we're alive, um, his thinking is that the matrix was hacked at some point by malevolent entities. Okay, and that's why that's what causes all of the negative stuff that happens um, within the matrix, within this realm, this within okay. this hologram. Okay. Now he, I'm going to bring in some of our old friends here. Some Let's of the go. Things we've talked about. Let's go. He he calls these entities archons. Okay, which we've we've discussed at various on various shows, mm-hmm. who are existing just outside of this reality, just just sort of a hair outside. They're, what what it comes down to is they're resonating at a different frequency, and because of their resonance, because of their vibration, and it all comes down to vibration, really. Right. We've talked about this previously. Um, these, these archons or these beings, these malevolent beings, are impacting this reality through um, an intervention. So, so they're, they're, they've hacked this computer, we'll call it a computer program, this matrix that we're, that we're living in, this reality. And they have created um, hybrid beings that are kind of a cross between humans and their and their energy. I'm I'm not sure how they did that, but um, and those we've talked about the Illuminati and the thirteen families. Yes. That that kind of are the power families, the um, the Rockefellers and the, the Rothschilds and the Bushes and the and those those types of families. Right that are in power. The Windsors. In, 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 in a sense. Um, so they're, they're sort of their liaisons. Okay. They're, they're, minion, they're minions, really. Really, okay. And then there's also kind of lesser ones that are under them that maybe don't even really understand that they are what they are and why they're doing what they're doing. But what their job is or what their mission is is to keep the vibratory level of the human race at a certain level. Um and keep us from really realizing what our true potential is as, okay. as energy beings. 
and and this is where it gets into the movie The Matrix. This is this is where they went with it, I think, because um, the main character in The Matrix, um, played by Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. is um, he's a computer hacker, right? One thing, and um, his role really is to, although it's played out as sort of, he comes into league with a rebel alliance. Yes. Which is what Morpheus represents. Right. Um, now, I'm, I'm assuming that most people have seen The Matrix. I think is, so. Is I that think, true? I, I think, think, think it's a safe... Why, is that too I, big of an assumption? I think part? it's safe to assume that everybody over the age of 30 has seen it. Right. Now, what, if ever, I'm not sure that everybody totally understood it. Okay. You know, there's there's a lot of different parts to it. Yes, there are, uh, and it works. It works on several different levels. It as does. Well. It's it's kind of an you can look at it as kind of almost like an action movie, where right? It's, you know, good versus evil sort of thing. Right, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of really great action scenes. There and is special there is. effects, and I, and I give it credit for that. Um, now, the the main character, um, what's his what's Neo. his real name? Keanu Reeves, the yeah, character. Keanu Reeves. It's his, Thomas something, right? Thomas. His his actual name, not his hacker name. His hacker name is Neo. Right. It's, it's Thomas something. It, it's it doesn't really matter that much. Neo is the important part uh, because what is Neo? Neo as a new. Neo is an anagram for what? For one. Right. Okay. Uh, so oh he, yes, yes. He's the, the one. one. He's, he's the, the one. one. Right, right. Right. And that I'm going to talk about that in a, in a little bit too, as to what that actually means. So um, if you if you look at the Matrix, the movie, as a as a sort of depiction of what we're living in, which I think it is to a degree. Um, we are sort of imprisoned by that Matrix. If you, if you look at it from that framework. And what Neo is trying to do or attempting to do is to, to liberate the human race from that imprisonment. And that's what the rebel, rebels are trying to do. Right, right. Now, interesting point here, and this is one of the things that I think is going to blow Eric's mind, and I know he's going to race back and watch The Matrix as soon as I bring this out. Okay. Um, do you remember the scene where he was being interrogated, uh, interrogated by... Um, Smith, yes, by Agent Smith, yes, who's, who's a representative of the. He's like a program. He's a program. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, while he's going through his documents, while he's going through Neo's documents, his passport is, and it's only on the screen for a very short period of time. What do you think the date on his passport is? I'm not sure. I don't remember. September 11th, 2001. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't kid. Would I kid you, Eric? And when was the Matrix made? What year? Do you know? It's uh, 1999. I I know. So how did that happen? (laughs) So how did that happen? How'd that happen? What are are the chances of that being a coincidence? I I told you I was going to drop Eric's draw with that one. I knew I I could do it. So, So what that appears to be is predictive programming. In other words, somebody knew that 9-11 was going to happen 
and they plugged it in there as a sort of subliminal. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It expired on September 11th, 2001. Not okay, his birth date. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. It's okay. whatever the no the, whatever the, the, the category idea that, is. The idea that his passport expires on September 11th, 2001 is very metaphysical. And, and he's being interrogated as a terrorist, right? Yes. So how do you figure that? In 1999, how did that happen? Two years earlier. I, Jesus. That's, is that not a mind blower? I mean, think about that. What are the chances of that happen, of being a coincidence? I know Eric's going to be watching The Matrix tonight. Too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, you really think, think that, that somehow these guys who made this movie actually had the forethought to? Well, they had like, the knowledge of it. They had it was pre. They had pre knowledge of. of I mean, that's also like a pretty wild coincidence. And also, there's also a well, scene. What are the chances of that exact date coming out? I mean, I don't even know what the odds of that are. The the month and the day, meh, maybe you have a, you know you have a, uh, maybe a three hundred and sixty five to one chance. Of right. That. But matching up with the exact year of nine eleven too. Come on, how how's that? How could that? Be? I don't. That's like that's that's crazy. That's I, just so out there. So you have to kind of wonder what the Wachowski brothers had access to. Uh, of course, they're not the Wachowski brothers anymore. They're now the Wachowski sisters. And Eric's got a funny story about that. But uh, do you want me to tell it now to sort no, of I don't want to, the mood? I don't want to break the trend of what we're, where we're going with this. So, um, I'm have I'm really I'm really having a hard time with this right now. I figured you because I looked it up on Google, and we're going to link to this on the show page. And I'm looking at this. So this this brings up another whole element to this whole thing. Right. Um, there's a lady whose name is Sophia Stewart. Okay. Have you heard of her? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, she brought a lawsuit against the Wachowski brothers and Cameron and James Cameron. Why James Cameron? Well, I'll tell you. I'll explain it to you. She wrote a book back in, I think, 1980 or 81 called The Third Eye. Okay. Yes, I have heard of that. You have heard of that. I have. Okay. Well, this lady is, is pretty unusual. She... She's kind of a child prodigy. She's got a phenomenal ability to work with numbers. Yes. And um, she was working for H&R Block when she was like 11 years old doing tax returns, which is kind of weird in itself. So she wrote this book, and from her point of view, she thinks that the movie The Matrix and Terminator the movies Matrix and Terminator, based on her work. Now, she answered an ad that the Wachowski brothers put out somewhere in the late 80s, I think, or maybe early 90s, asking for science fiction ideas. Um, I think it was for a comic book at the time. So she submitted some version of her book to them at this point right. and, never, and never heard back from them. So she feels like they either consciously or unconsciously used the ideas in her treatment that she gave them and created the Matrix. Well, in her story, apparently, the Matrix and the Terminator 
are all in one. It's all in the same thing. It's, it's, it's a future based on man versus machines in, in both movies. And she feels like the character of Neo and John Connor are, are one in the same, one in the same person. Are you with me? Aaron? I am. I am with you. I, I really am. And I'm listening to this. And, I, and, and meanwhile, I'm trying to confirm all of this. Well, let's just talk about it right now, because because um, I'm, I'm looking at because right I just now, want to get your let's, reaction. Let's stop here for a second. Okay. And here's here's my reaction to this. OK. And let me give you a frame of reference. Here I am. I'm Eric Fisk. Well, so you think I'm with Walt Schnabel. Recording a podcast for the Metaphysical Connection. Mm -hmm. We're sitting here. We're talking about a movie about augmented reality. Mm -hmm. Where all these coincidences start to come up. Mm -hmm. About how the movie has a passport that expires in 2000 on a 2011. No, I'm sorry. September 11th, 2001. Right. Which we all know, if you don't know that date, <laughs> where have you where, been? Where have you been? You've been in a coma or something for a long time. That's pretty huge. 16 years. Yeah. And the whole thing about how... Do you, how, how do you explain that? And this woman... How can you explain So that? this woman wrote this book called The Third Eye. Mm -hmm. And she maintains that the Terminator and the Matrix were both stolen from her work. And Neo right. and, and John Connor... The main character in the the main character, the turn, yeah, the kid. Mm -hmm. Um, they're all one and the same somehow. Well, because they both represent the Revel Alliance. Yeah. Um, now, now she claims that the impetus for this book. Now this this book was written quite a quite a while ago. Nineteen eighty right. is you know a while while back. Um, so she was in film school at the time and when she wrote this. But she's a pretty unusual person. She's got a very high high IQ, and, and she's just like some kind of a, like a savant or something. I, I'm not exactly sure what she is. but um, So she's claiming that, in essence, they're the same character because she went to see Star Wars. Okay. Right when it came out. How did and I it, know Star occurred, Wars was going to bring up? Well, yeah. it occurred to her. This this is sort of a, Star Wars is kind of on the periphery of this, but she claims that she went to see Star Wars and it occurred to her that there were no science fiction movies that um, portrayed um, the Christ consciousness, the the Christo, um, the idea that there's a Christ that is um, comes along every so often or is incarnated every so often into this hologram that we live in right to to um exasper to to help mankind in some way okay All right and the christ that we think of as christ was only one in a line of those right okay and and all of those figures fail um so john connor and <clears throat> and neo are are this person are this person in, in her story, they're, they're one and the same. Okay, okay. Was that making sense to you? It does. And if you think about the story of the Matrix, behind the Matrix, and the story behind the Terminator, they, they really are 
very similar in some ways. Because, okay. um, for one thing, the, the terminators can go back and forth through time using using this matrix. Right. Um, which is why Arnold is able to come back, and that, and also the soldier who was um, eventually John Reese. Connor's father, right, right Reese, was able to do that. Or able okay. to go back and forth through time using the matrix. That's that's right. how they did. Right. It. <clears throat> so you have to wonder how much credibility there is in what this lady's saying. You know, I'd love to be able to get her on the show if we can get her as a guest. Um, she also has a new book out called The Matrix Four, which she's created another storyline. Really? Uh, yeah. And that's supposed to be, they're talking about making that into a movie. And Keanu Reeves has said he would do it. So, so that may be coming. Because there was a cliffhanger at the end where mm -hmm. Matrix mm -hmm. ascends to heaven or whatever he does. Well, what he does is he becomes what humans are supposed to be moving toward. Right. And that's a light body. A light, that's why he kind of flies. Right. Um, what that means is that he's, his vibrational level has has gotten to the point where he's no longer affected by gravity. Right. That's what it's called a light body. It's not like light, light, a like light, light beam. Right. It's like light um, in terms of weight. okay. Um, so so supposedly when your vibrational level gets to a certain point, you're no longer impacted by the laws of physics. Right. Which is why he was able to stop the bullets. And right. So he he's able to affect the matrix in a different way than right than people who are vibrating at a, at a lower right. level are. Which is why I, you know, in my maybe <laughs> odd way of thinking, I position yeah. people who are maybe looking like they're sort of not doing so well in, right. in many ways yeah. or vibrating at a lower level. Yes. And that's the way I kind of look at people who, who yeah. appear yeah. to be yeah. um, struggling in one way or another. Right. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense if you think about it. So, so yeah. we all should be. When I say should, I'm not giving anybody a, a uh, you know, uh, an order or anything like that. Sure. I'm I'm saying that we we should all be striving to raise our vibrational level. Right. Yes. Way. However, there's many things that keep that from, yeah, from happening. Um, which we need to be aware of. So, so that's why I said earlier that I think this this is a, maybe our most important show, because I'm hoping that the people who listen to this sort of get that thinking pattern where they want to start thinking, thinking to do some things to change their vibrational level. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can do that, even small things. Right. Um, so, backtracking to. How do, how do we inter, interact with this matrix? How, how do we do that? How does that happen? I mean, the thing is, is, is that... I know it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated concept when you think about it. It's almost too complicated to really wrap your head around. I mean, the thing is, is that our, our, our real bodies connected to wires and hoses and like it was as it was depicted in the movie, The Matrix, whereas it's like we're all sort of like... Well, and, I think that's metaphorical. Okay. Maybe in the movie it wasn't. Right. It was literal in the movie. <laughs> because the thing is, is and, and I've said this a lot. I've said this for more than 30 years. At a very early age, 
it had occurred to me, and I will never forget where I was when this thought had occurred to me. Like, reality is broken. There is something intangible that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's, that's accurate. And as soon as, as soon as you start to sort of like, as, as soon as I start to think long and hard and what is, what is wrong? And I, and I get it and it comes to me and I got it. I have a moment of clarity and then I forget. Mm-hmm. And this has happened quite a few times. The first time I was walking in the woods behind my mother's house, just thinking about life in general. And it occurred to me that not I mean, my life is wrong in so many different ways. I mean, with my with my parents and the relationship with my siblings, my place or the lack thereof in this, society. This is what you're thinking at the time, you mean? No, we're talking about when I was like 14. Right. How and the thing is, is that well, that's because like, you were programmed to think that that, that was a program that, that, that everything's running. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's a program that was running like that wasn't accurate. It wasn't true. Wait a minute. I mean, the, no, I mean, the thing is, there is something about reality being broken. Well, no, I agree with that. And society but, but, is broken. That's only a perception. It's, it's not, I don't think that's really reality. Right. I think it's your perception of how you define yourself as Eric Fisk. Okay. Um, and that's not an accurate perception. It's Eric Fisk is an energy entity. Okay. Um, the Eric Fisk that you think of, or the Walt Schnabel that I think of, is is only a body. It's it's not um, it's it's not anything that has any kind of really merit to. Wo- I mean, when you look in the mirror, what you see is just an image. It's not the real you. The real you is an energy body as okay. an energy body, okay uh that is only here and and you and the eric fisk that you think of is defined by your interaction with the matrix okay and and some of that has to do with what genetics you receive all right um and i and i, I want to go into that a little bit because i think it's important in terms of what the, what's the physical um mechanism for that um there's a guy called bruce lipton um he was actually he actually taught medical students at some point so he's he's a legitimate scientist and he did a lot of research on this on the cell this may this may be uh jaw dropper number two for eric um and what he determined was that the human cell um the wall of a human cell is actually liquid crystal Okay, and we've we've referenced crystals many times in the I'm past at, in, in different I'm, shows. I'm looking at the crystal on the top of my shelf here. Okay, so so imagine the cell, the human cell, of which there are, um, depending on who you you listen to, there's between fifty and seventy five trillion cells in the human body. Okay, which is you know, a lot of them. It's quite a few. Yeah. So the cell wall is is actually a liquid crystal. Now. What affects crystals? Electricity. Electricity. Yeah, exactly. Energy. So energy is what makes cells do what they do. 
Electricity is what makes cells do what they do. So he was once once he realized this once he, once he once he sort of came up with a definition for the human cell and how it works. He went and he looked at the definition of a microchip. And guess what? It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. It does the exact same function. It's got a it's got a it's got a gate and it's got you know, that, that sort of opens and closes yeah. and prevents negative things from getting into the cell or good things to get in the cell, depending on what the, what, how the cell reacts to that. Okay. Um, and I, am I getting too technical here? I mean, no, is this, go, I is mean, this getting too, too far into the No, I'm just, I, I'm still swimming on the ocean, the notion of, you know, liquid crystal. Um, uh, the wall of a cell being cells, a Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did experiments. This is legitimate scientific experiments that he used to determine this, how it, how it reacts. So what that really means is that whatever impacts the cell um, negatively get, gets, into the, gets into the human being that way. That's how it, that's how it gets in. So when you're talking about toxins and, um, you know, negative radio waves, and, and all of these things, they all enter through the cell. Now, he further goes on and says that not only is the cell crystal, but your DNA is also crystal. So we've talked in the past about what? Crystals are storage devices, right? Yes. So your, your DNA is actually a storage device based on, on it being a crystal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know for a fact that DNA is some kind of a storage but it's, information but it's a storage device. So those, those two concepts really really merge there. So this is, so on a cellular level is, is, is how we interact with the matrix. That's, that's, that's how it works. And depending on what the vibratory level is of, of the person. So if you are under a lot of stress, say that lowers your vibratory level. Um, and what that does, and, and you've heard I don't know how many people, or at least I have heard numerous people say, well, you're under stress, you're subject to illness. And, yes, you know, exactly. And, and it lowers your immune system. Well, what does that really mean? That really means that it, it's allowing your cells to let that message in because you're vibrating at a lower level. Because so many people have, have I mean, I mean, this is, this is crazy. I told you, this was going to be an important show. How many yeah. times do we talk about computer viruses that are nothing more than strands of information that does bad things and makes your quote computer same exact sick. thing. It's the same exact thing. It's it's on a biological level. It's exactly the same as a computer. So the matrix is is like um, you know is is like a compute. It's it's like sort of like wireless internet in some sense. You know, you you our bodies are accessing that internet source. Like you, when you open up your laptop, right. you're, you're accessing the internet, and you're also influencing the. I mean, if you put a if you put a um, a blog out or something, right, you're impacting the internet, whether it's five people who read it or five million that read it, you're impacting that. This that energy okay, field. I'm going to say something else that's going to blow you away. Okay, it's it's my turn to make you stop and think. And the timing of this could not be weirder. So I'm working a part-time job. And Synchronicity? It's, 
Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Talked about that last week. And, and you know what the thing is, is that a lot of people have mentioned synchronicity to me without even knowing that we did a show on synchronicity. I'm working a part-time job to make some extra money because I have to travel. In, in 2018, I have to do a lot more traveling, especially for the Chronicles and the Metaphysical Connection. And so I'm working at this part-time job, and I, I don't know if whether or not I can mention the name, so I'm not going to either. Yeah, it I mean, it's not going to matter. It probably doesn't matter. And I'm working, I'm working the register, and I talking to this guy and it says are you a member of our of our rewards program and he said that he ha will have nothing to do with computers mm -hmm. and he will not contribute to the downfall of society and civilization <laughs> because he will That's not funny. he will not have anything to do with computers whatsoever mm -hmm. and he started to go off on this really short brief tirade that we are going to look back at this time when we were of hyper connectivity and the internet as the downfall of man. And the thing is, is that there's a part of me and it's like, I wanted to engage this guy in a conversation, but yeah, I couldn't but as an employee of the story. Right. And I can't. Yeah. And the thing is, Good is that, to get fired. But the thing is, is like, listen, I like to think that we are contributing something good to the internet. We are influencing the internet for good. I well, believe. I, it. I mean, no, you and me. You and me. Yeah, you oh, and no, me. I agree. I agree. And the Fedora Chronicles. <clears throat> I mm -hmm. would like to believe that the the Metaphysical Connection, the Fedora Chronicles, the Diesel Punk Podcast, everything else that I contribute to online, we're 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 trying to do something good. And the right. thing is, by merely trying to do something good, we are somehow doing something bad. No, by no, I, I disagree. But that was his sort well, of. His but presence. he doesn't have an understanding of it. He's he's only he's putting a blanket over right. something that he probably doesn't understand. Right. And doesn't want to understand. Right. So his judgment on it is skewed. Right. You know. Because the thing is that it was just like people who like artists who poo poo Photoshop Illustrator and even airbrushing. Hmm. Okay. You put an airbrush in somebody's hands who paints, a whole brand new world opens up using an airbrush yeah, that you cannot I mean, it, possibly imagine. It, it, it's, the, it's the metaphor that you've, you've used many times. It's like a gun. Yes. You, know, you, you can use it to kill somebody or you can use it you know, for something positive. To, you know, you you know, to, to protect your family or yeah, put or, meat yeah, on the table. Yeah, whatever. So it, it's just a tool. Or a it's hammer. Just, it's just how you use it. Every, it's the same as the internet. That is, that is same with computers. That is it's, true it's no with different. everything. There's not a single thing that no. you, you can use can for good or for evil. Um, way to use it or a, or a positive way to use it. It's, yeah. it's the way it is. Yeah. It's the choice you make. That's why we have choice. We do have choice. Yeah. To a degree, I think. Now, f for me, in this conversation... Mm -hmm. There's something about The Matrix, the movie, The Matrix. Mm -hmm. And I and I've had this discussion I don't know how many times. Whereas I think that the message of The Matrix has sort of been diluted with all the action scenes and whatnot. There are two other movies that I or what, three movies that I think that everybody should see together in, in the same context. Mm -hmm. Um there's Dark City, whereas this guy wakes up and he thinks that he just committed a murder, but on top of that he has no he has no idea how he got there. Right. All he knows is that mm -hmm. he's in a tub full of water, full of blood. It's not his blood. There's blood everywhere. He's got and he goes through and he figures out that 
all of this is part of this thought experiment where these where these people show up in the middle of the night injecting people with other people's memories in the brainstem. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he sort of finds out that it was just like, <laughs> and oddly enough, not the world is flat. Not only is the world flat, but they're floating in space, and it's this giant laboratory from some higher life form. I hope I didn't spoil it. It's how he gets there that's interesting. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And then there's the um, the 13th floor, which is about people who, in the process of creating augmented reality, they discover that we're already living in augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And the odds are or pretty good that we're li- we're we're living in an augmented reality that is an augmented reality of somebody else's augmented reality that is a third or fourth party's and it keeps going on where society develops to a certain point where they create a brand new augmented society and there are the people who are living in the that augmented society get to a point where they build their technology where they mm-hmm. build an augmented reality inside so it's like there's there's the idea of we're living in an uh, many layers of other people's augmented realities mm-hmm. there's that and then there's sucker punch where this girl goes into her own fantasies and, and illusions that are so real because the real world is pretty awful where she's mm-hmm. from mm-hmm there's a there's a lot of those sort of like well yeah and they're, they're all kind of dancing around the the point I think of of the fact that we are really not what we think we are yeah um, we are something that's been created or, or at least our, our viewpoint on ourselves is something that's been created by other factors right. Um, so that when you look in the mirror, what you see is the Eric, Eric Fisk that is a perception of, of what input you've gotten from other people. Okay. And some of that is genetic, and some of that is whatever input has affected you in some way. Right. From the time you were able to even process it. Right. You know? um, and you've had a lot of things that impacted you. Mm-hmm. In various ways, right? Um, so that's what creates the the you that you think of as you, right? But that's not really the real you. The, the real you is is a is a high operating energy being, and your goal is to try to get there, try to get my try, vibration try to get up in on touch it. with that, right? So that's why I think this show should be important for the people who hear it because everybody should be striving to, to raise their vibrational level. And there's a lot of things that stop you from yeah. doing that. Um, you know, the, a lot of the entertainment that we think of when we've gone over this time and time again, but it all, it's all intended to keep you at a certain vibrational yeah. level, which keeps you in, in sort of a, a slave mode in right. some sense. Right. Um, and that's what the you know that's what the archons are hoping for. That that seem to be a some negative force that's impacting the matrix that we yeah. that, that we live in. Um, for whatever their reasons are, I'm not sure. I guess it's they they don't seem to be able to 
um, come into this reality. No. So, so they have to influence it. See, there's no, in this reality is where you experience all of the, you know, all the beauty of everything and all the right. physical feelings of love and, and whatever. And I guess on another plane, that's, those things aren't available. Yeah. So maybe the archons are sort of jealous of that because they can't get into that yes. for whatever reason. They've been, they've been sort of trapped in there. Which gets me to at their level of vibration. Back to, back to an earlier point. There is mm-hmm. this sense that reality has been hacked, though. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of people that's who what, feel that's what that Ike says. That's what um, reality says. has been hacked somehow, mm-hmm. and it was just like this isn't the like you had said. This isn't the this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I no. don't think. No. There's a lot of things where it's like you look at it, and it's just like, how is this the meaning of life? Whatever well, it's it, not. It's not. It's all all the things that we think are important really aren't really aren't that important. They're only like I said, they're only material details. They they at the end of the day, it's it's just you know, how much money you have or, or how expensive a car you have or how big your house is, that doesn't really define you. That doesn't really make you anything other than successful by somebody's definition, in the material realm. Right. But, you know, when you breathe your last breath and you, and you leave this uh, body that you have, this machine, this machine covered yeah. by skin that you have, that is really just a vehicle for your, for your spiritual self. Right. To, to move through this, you know, this virtual reality that we live in. None of that stuff really matters it, it, nobody cares it's not important so people that That's define tough. themselves by those things um then they're missing the boat they're missing the point of the whole thing you got to admit though that is tough absolutely it is i mean you have, I mean, you have to have a house you have to have a car to get around and you have to have those things but you don't have to have that that should not be what defines you you know if if somebody looks at eric's car and says, oh, well, you know, his, his car's older. Or, you know, his house isn't as big as my house. Right. Well, they've, they've missed the point. And I'm just using you as an Right, example. right. You have a nice big house, Eric. <laughs> but um, I don't, but my <laughs> wife does. Well, I'm, just saying, no, I'm just saying that that's just, that's just a detail. It's right. not, it's not right. that important, really. Right. You know? But there are some material things that I like, that I enjoy. And that they that they they enhance my life. But. I think that I think the question you always have to ask yourself, and and this is a tough one, I think, is that thing raising whatever it is, activity or thing or whatever right, it is, right. is that raising your your vibrational level? I feel yeah. I mean that's that's what, the question. Like everything the, else, like there's not a single thing I can look at here, and it's like it's you could use it for good or you can use it mm-hmm, for evil. Mm-hmm. Well, my my wife has gotten into um, minimalism. Yeah, and there's a whole there's a whole movie on minimalism that's on Netflix, which yeah. is, I would suggest you watch. I will, it. I will. Um, but their point: these are a couple of young guys. They were they they rose very quickly to the top of the corporate ladder, and they're right. making a whole bunch of money. And both of them, one guy came off of a, of a divorce, and and they both realized that all they were doing was working. Yeah, to get to some 
level of success that they had set for themselves, some goal of right. having X amount of money or yeah. X amount of toys, whatever it was they wanted. And they both came to the same conclusion almost simultaneously that whatever amount of money they made, however how much quote-unquote success they had, they weren't happy. Right. And, and they realized that, you know, this guy can't, he, he had gotten a big promotion at work. And the guy came in to tell him about the, the promotion, that he was making all this money now and everything. And it, it occurred to him that he was now locked into that paradigm. That was it. Yeah. That was done. He was done. Because he was now going to be living that amount of money. That's, that was going to define right, his life. Right. So he walked out. He walked out of the office and never went back. And these guys got together and they wrote this book about minimalism and then they're now traveling around the country. I don't know how new the, yeah. it's a documentary, but yeah. um, I really recommend it. It's, it's worth, because it gives you perspective on what is really important. Because the thing is, is that your house is free of clutter. I mean, I'm going to just say something where you live, Walt. Yeah. With the exception of maybe your office. No, I've, I actually, I've uncluttered that too. Yeah, you, you, haven't, un- you haven't seen it. Like you've it. uncluttered your office by dropping <laughs> all this stuff off here, which well, was, is you, on display. You, yeah, you, you were my download. <laughs> <laughs> but are you happier now? I, I feel less, um, less encumbered. I right. Less dragged down because a yeah. lot of stuff really drags you down. Yeah. Um, my, and my wife read this book and we're getting ready to sell our house and they always recommend that you sort of declutter and, you know, downsize. Yeah. Um, she read this book. It's by a Japanese lady. It's, it's, it's called the, um, what's it called? The art of, yeah, I'm losing the title of it now, but anyway, the point of it is, um, is that you should pare down your belongings so you only have things that she calls spark joy. Right. Yes. Carol. I think Carol has found the same book. Yeah. I think I told spark her Spark joy. Actually. Yeah. That's not the title of it. Right. But no, but that's, 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 that's a phrase. That's a phrase. Yeah. To represent the fact that whatever yeah. possessions you decide to hold on to. And when you start going through stuff, you realize that there's stuff right. that you don't ever really use. It's just stuff you want. Right. You don't really need it for right. anything. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have some things that. Right. You just have them because you want them. Right. You know, but they should make you feel good in some way. I'm actually looking up at my bookshelf right now, and there are a couple of things that it was just like, there are books that it's like I could not imagine um, not having. Okay. And but then, then there's but other the, books that you've read and you may probably not go back to it. Do I really right? need intermediate algebra for myself or should mm, I, you know? Well, I don't know. That's up to, you know, that's a decision uh, you will make. You know, uh, what? So I, I think that all of that stuff, and, and I, his his way of putting it is that um, all of that stuff creates a denser being, yeah, and that that goes in in line with the light being, yeah, and um, so the denser you are, the more you're weighted down by yeah. stuff and yep. materialism, and and sometimes it's it's psychology too, it's yeah. negative thoughts and things, um, and that's what the you know that's what the archons are doing, they're working through. Um, these these people that are their representatives to create fear. Yeah. Fear creates a denser vibrational level, yeah. which keeps us down. It keeps yeah. us from reaching our true potential. And that's their biggest fear is that yeah. we all realize that. And, yeah. and that's what Neo is 
really. In the end of the day, that's what he's striving for. Yeah. And, you know, Ike's feeling, and I tend to agree with him, is that this hack was done in Atlantis. Okay. Because remember, if you go back to that conflict in Atlantis, when all that stuff started, you know, amping up, was you had a conflict between the sons of Belial, which were the people who were in favor of technology. Yeah. Um, and the and the um, the people of one of right. the one. Well, yeah. think about the one concept of the one <laughs> yeah. in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, it all ties in. Yeah, you know, and that's what this lady, the Sophia Stewart, is saying that that's a concept that runs through everything. Yeah, the fact that there's a Christ consciousness that is really put into our our reality or our hologram to be an example of how we can be yeah. less dense, yeah. more vibratory. Because what did Christ do? Christ ascended. Well, how did he ascend? He ascended by getting into his light body. Right. Um, and, and these ones, which is what Neo is, he's the, he's the version of mm-hmm. that in, in the matrix reality, anyway, yeah. is that example of that. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very interesting thought pattern. I'm actually using that in my book. I think, yeah, it's it sounds too. phenomenal. Um, so, you know, I I don't know where else to go with it, but um, I I think that that's a that's a really interesting place where we should leave it off. Is like you we're think, seeking. You think we've covered it enough? I, I mean, think we I, have. I don't know what else to add to it i I think people are going to listen to this hopefully and have a lot of questions i think it's at the realm Um, of it's it's a difficult concept to like i said at the beginning of this segment that it's it's hard to put your head around it that this what you see is really just um an agreed upon um holographic reality it's 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 only one it really is it's it's almost like watching a movie Yes. We all agree on we're watching the same movie, you know. But the but the big thing is that we do have, we do have the ability to impact it. I will, yes, on a vibratory level. And the thing, and the question is, and I, and I had this conversation earlier in my life. Mm-hmm. Are are you even? Are you even? Are you the most important character of your own story? Of your, are you the most important person in your own life, or are, do you, everything else you do is to make other people happy? Well, only if you other, see it that way, right? Only if you see it that way. Are you the most important uh, person in your story, mm-hmm. or are you just a mere supporting character in your own in your own life? There's a, there's a good song by Bruce Coburn called "Pacing the Cage." Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. It, no. It's good. He talks about that. that yeah, um, you, you spend your whole life pacing this cage that other people have defined for you. And you turn yourself inside out trying to um, live up to some image yeah. that's created for you. That's what I was getting to earlier was, yeah. you know, is is the Eric Fisk that you see as the real Eric Fisk, one that's been created by outside sources, or is it 
or are you really in touch with your I, I think you're getting there yeah I think sometimes you you let other people still define you and right. I do too we right. all do it's, it's hard not to you know but I'm getting more and more to the point you know as I age that those things mean other people's viewpoint on me and things mean less and less to me right um, I've also reached the point where unless I, it's I've, somebody that I really care about and respect right. then, then I will give that a little more credibility it's really hard for somebody to hurt your feelings if you don't even care what their opinions are well that's true but but that's a hard place to get to you know, yeah when you're a kid people say something about mean to you and you take it you take that to be a truth right and it's not really a truth no it's it's just something that's put out there that doesn't really have any real true meaning in terms of no, what it you doesn't. really are. No. And that's a very hard thing for I you know, I used to try to get that point and to over to kids when I work with kids, that what people say to you is just, just words. It's not it's not anything that right. really has any meaning. Yeah. Know? And and my big goal always was, and I think this is should be for everybody, is to try and bring um, children into harmony with, yeah. with their with their true self. Yeah, and and those types of things, those mean things that happen to all of us, are things that put you out of harmony with your true self. Yeah. You know, and that's a good point. I think. Um, I think. Hope that our listeners will come away yeah. and start thinking about. Well, what can you do in your life to eliminate these things that make you put you out of harmony with your with your true self? Right. With your true. Yeah. And I, I don't want to get too. Too philosophical. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I missed the boat on that It's too late. But I I do think it's important for people to look at things that way. And and I'm not saying analyze every little thing you do. That's not not really the point. But generally, if something doesn't feel right to you, it's probably not right. Shocking. Yeah. It's it's probably not going to, you know, like we were talking earlier about conflicts. Yeah. and, And I'm not saying that you can't. You can totally avoid conflicts, but some conflicts are just not worth the energy. Oh that, yeah, that it takes to get. Involved oh, that's in tough. You that's know, tough. That's very. That's hard for you. I know you're you're a you're a con, sort of a conflict oriented person. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way right. necessarily. I just mean that that's that's something that I think is part of your mission is is to work on that to not get. To try to rise above, them. right? I like. You know, I mean, I, that's I, the first place you want to go. I like a good fight, not a good fight per se, but I like a good mm-hmm. mission. I like a good. I like something good to overcome, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's my that's my matrix. There's something bad happening, and I want to try and stop it. But or you fix have it. to ask yourself why you're doing that. Too. That's that's the big question. Yeah, what, exactly. What, you know what? What's your intention? Right. Um, yeah, and is that gonna is that gonna bring you to a higher vibrational level, or is it gonna drag you down? You know, probably not. Probably well, most not. Most times Walt. it doesn't. Let's be honest. Most times it doesn't. Sometimes it's yeah. just not. It's just not. So if you can if you can head that off, yeah, before you get there, and when you realize, yeah, that you you know you just got a, a bunch of crap dumped on you, yeah. You know, that you probably could have avoided had you sidestepped that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's it's like your axiom that, you know, every, every problem has one thing in common. It's you. Yeah. And that's true of everybody. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, some things you can't avoid. Yeah. You know, but a lot of things you can. I can't I cannot fix or save the world without fixing or saving myself. That's where it starts. Yeah. And that's true with everybody. Yeah. And we all should be striving to get to. A higher vibrational level if everything is vibrationally based that's what the whole universe is that's what tesla said 
It's vibration and, and electricity. It's, it's all of those things. And, um, you know, we've talked about, just one other quick point I want to make. We've talked about the, the pyramids mm -hmm. and, and how they were some kind of energy source. Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't just energy to power vehicles and things like that. Maybe it was energy that we used right. as, as beings yeah. to, to get to a higher vibrational level. Yeah. And that's been lost. Yes. And maybe that whole knowledge of all that stuff yeah. has been quashed by these negative beings that have come into our yeah. come into our uh, matrix. I think we need to talk about that some more. That's a good point, I think. And, and um, I think at some point we were vibrating at a, at a higher level in general, maybe with the help of, of these energy devices that were maybe broadcasting a, a, an energy throughout the world yeah. in some kind of a system that is no longer in function, you know, functioning or it's been put to sleep or something. Yeah. Maybe it's still there. We'll find out. It's a good point. It's a good topic, I think. Walter, I, th I think that you've overwhelmed, you've overwhelmed me and I think you've overwhelmed <laughs> other overwhelmed people myself. With, <laughs> with a lot of like really high concept stuff. So yeah, you think, um, I hope I didn't go too, too off the chart with it, but, um, it's, it gives a lot of people a lot to think about. Yeah, I, I'd like to get some response from people. You know, do, does it does this topic, does this information resonate with you? Does it does make it, sense? Does it does it have any meaning to you? Does it yeah. um, does it make you think a little bit differently about how things are? Yeah. And, um, you know, what are your thoughts? Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to start a um, a forum too, a blog. Yes, which Eric and I talked about, which is going to go. Yep. Did you get that app going yet, or is that still? As a, in the as a matter of fact, this is a fine time to talk about this. What I'm going to do is that I'm creating a a an Apple News app or account. Whereas it's like if you and I'm starting with an with the Apple phone, and I plan on doing this for Android as well. Mm -hmm. um, whereas you just go to. Um, Apple News, right? Search for the Fedora Chronicles, mm -hmm. and you will be able to see everything that links to everything that we publish, and you can and just and just read it there through the app. And I, Walt is going to have on the week on the weeks that he does not record with me, he's going to have his own um, uh, blog entry or his articles, whatever. You, some people hate the word blog, okay? Mm -hmm. Walt's column, whatever it is you want to call it, his his bi-weekly column is going to be there. It's my my neural download. Yeah. Walt is that? just, he's <laughs> all Walt's going to do is he's going to like send me the email and then I'm just going to just drag and drop it into the app and it's done. Mm -hmm. And and maybe if people read it, they can respond to it. Exactly. Them. That's so, the whole point of doing where it. Where are you full of crap? I am. No, I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about not myself. Not you. Not you, Walt. No, not you. So, anyway, um, phenomenal show, Walt. I, I think so. I, I think so. I, as I said, you know, at the at the outset, that and I and to be honest with you, I, I, think, I think this is a very important thing that can really. I mean, our goal, really, my goal, and I, I think it's Eric's too, is is to really um, get knowledge out there and get people thinking about some things that they normally don't right. think about or they right. don't normally encounter. Even. Yeah. Um, and ultimately to get them moving in a different direction vibratorily right. and, yeah. and coming more into harmony with, yeah. with um, how their life can 
can change a little bit. And I know? think that I think that what I'm going to do over the um, over the next couple of weeks, we got two weeks. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to read that book, and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to declutter and see what happens. Oh, see if I can uh, see uh, see if I can get my vibration mm-hmm. to go up a notch. By what is it? The art of. Um, I wish I could remember. I can't get the title. Eric's googling it right now as we speak. Decluttering your mind book. I'm looking it up. Yeah, it's. We we'll have a link to it. We'll have a link to it. Yeah, it's it's funny because um. Uh, the, most the the, the life changing magic of tidying it up. I think that might be it. Yeah. All right. We're going to have a link to it now and keep it simple. But, you know, it, it's kind of the opposite of hoarding. Hoarding is, is like an insulator. It is. For oh, take know? my and word this, for this it. Is, this, is, this is the opposite of that. We're going to try know, and see what happens. It's polar opposite. Yeah. But it's also liberating because that kind of, like, I think hoarding is a form of adding to your density. Yeah. You know, it just weighs you down. Insulating, too. Mm-hmm. It's insulating. I think body weight is the yep. same thing. Actually. Yep. So... so all right, Walt. I and, okay, so and, let's, uh, let's hear from you guys yeah. out there and, and let us know what you think. Are we, and, uh, and for the next show, I think the next... Are we striking a chord with you? Yeah. Whether it's a last lost chord or not, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and uh, the um, uh, topic for the next show is going to be, we're going to, uh, it's going to be October, Season of the Witch, and uh, we are going to start talking, or in the next show, Walt's going to talk about it. Because by the time, well, I, I might that might be the topic of my blog or okay. my, my neural download. And then, yeah, and um, and then we're going to start talking about um, um, other things. We're going to be talking about supernatural realms. And I'm trying to get in touch with somebody who wrote an incredible book. I'm trying to get him on the show, and um, I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil it now. Um, I'll tell I'll tell Walt when it finally comes through. Oral's going to be talking about the scariest books and movies that uh, we've ever read or watched. When are we doing that? I think, uh, what, two weeks? Two weeks from now? That's kind of close. Maybe a show after that. Okay. I'll I'll just be about being Halloween. Okay. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. So get get that list out, folks. Last, Last word, Walt. Change your vibration. Perfect. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes and other exclusives. 
Want some metaphysical connection swag of your own? Get your own damn metaphysical connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. (laughs) 